If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back to The Fix on a Wednesday, live in the Prop Swap Studios. Sixers win. Tobias Harris creating a shot off the dribble for a game winner. Beautiful. Sixers with a big win at home, measuring stick game, as they say. But, all right, let's transition now to some Eagles talk, and it's time for your nightly football fix with our NFL Eagles insider, Johnny Mack. Follow John McMullen on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning right here on 1490, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. Uh, yeah, it's Tobias Harris. Uh, killing some narratives there. Big play. Good for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him, man. That's That's a good sign. Um, that's a good sign. I've been critical of him in the past about his inability to uh, do just that, and, and he did it. So, hey, good sign. But, all right, let, let's get to some Eagles talk here. Um, and there's some more news, John, surrounding the team, and uh, I'll let you take it from there. Well, two more coaches, and I, I think a big one uh, today for people that were focused on, uh, for obvious reasons, the quarterback position. Um, and to be able to get uh, Brian Johnson out of Florida and, you know, offensive coordinator there. Interesting, um, you know, only 33 years old. So uh, we've talked about the lack of experience um, on, on this coaching staff as a whole. That team continues and, you know, a lot of people criticized Press Taylor was 33, and, you know, maybe he didn't have enough um, uh, gravitas and experience, too much of a peer with, with Carson Wentz. Well, you know, you got another 33-year-old guy, so I don't know how that fixes uh, that part of it, but uh, we'll see. And, and he has a relationship with Jalen Hurts that dates back a long time. 
played for his dad uh, in, in high school, um, recruited Jalen. Um, so a lot of people are trying to put those two things together and um, try to get the Eagles to read the tea leaves, get, read the tea leaves and think the Eagles are maybe now leaning towards Jalen Hurts. But nobody's hiring coaches from one player. I, I, I mean, people need to get that out of their heads. They really do. We'll get to that in a second, but Johnson has been with the Florida Gators since 2018, started off as a QB coach, and then became offensive coordinator in the 2020 season. Before then, one year in Houston as their OC QBs coach, and three years with Mississippi State before that. And that's where, you know, that's the time frame where a lot of people point to because he supposedly helped Dak Prescott become an NFL draft pick. Was that a factor? You know, I mean, it's all a factor. I'm not going to say it's not a factor. Obviously, you know, this is his first professional job. So you look at uh, some of the things he's done in the past, some of the quarterbacks he's mentored in the past. um, And Dak would obviously be the most notable. Uh, Even recently, Kyle Trask is going to be drafted this year. Um, So he's worked with some good quarterbacks. He played quarterback at Utah and was actually Alex Smith's backup. Um, so that tells you how, you know, young he is. Um, so I, I, I mean, you're going to put that on the top of your resume because what Dak has, has turned into, um, and, and we'll see, uh, you know, a lot of people have made that comparison. They made that comparison before. And that's another thing that I think people kind of, um, sort of speculate and say, a lot of people compare Jalen Hurts to Dak Prescott from a skill set standpoint, from how they play, even leadership aspects off the field, um, and and are kind of overreaching on that part of it as well. Um, you know, he's he's a I will say he's a fast rising coach. He's uh, you know he he was on the fast. He's already gotten uh, head coaching interviews at the college level. Um, so you see what his, you know, ambition is, and that's obviously to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, and you can get there pretty quickly. Uh, if you, you know, coach the quarterback position, have some success, you know, that's a step away from an offensive coordinator and then bang, all of a sudden you're a head coach. And we know how this league is trending with young head coaches. And, um, so, you know, this is a big opportunity for him. All right, so it's it's coming together now. Quarterback coach hired. We have the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. So looking at this staff, how are we assessing it? And what's going to be different this year with this completely new regime? Well, if we all knew that, we'd, we'd have it all figured out. <laughs> I, I mean, I think. You know, David Culley got hired uh, tonight uh, by Houston, so all seven positions are are filled. All first-time head coaches. Um, Dan Campbell was uh, an interim coach in Miami, but this is his first full-time job in Detroit. Everybody else is a uh, a pure rookie head coach. Even a guy like like David, who is in his 60s, versus you know some of these young guys. Um, and by the way, he's another Andy Reid guy. He was here basically Andrew's, Andy's entire tenure. Uh, he was here with the Eagles. Um, but uh, it, it's, you know, nobody knows. And I think 
the best indication of that is 2016 when, you know, the Eagles got laughed at and everyone said they had the worst hire of the cycle and they turned out to have the best hire of the cycle. Now, you probably don't want to, you know, want people to think you got the worst guy ever. Uh, and it is probably rare that the guy people think will be the worst turns out to be the best, but nobody knows. I, I, I mean, and essentially, maybe you know a little bit uh, about guys who have been head coaches before if they're getting second opportunities. But every single one of these guys, besides, as I mentioned, Campbell on an interim basis, has never done it before. So everybody's flying blind. And I've said before on the show, my biggest concern is the lack of of a veteran presence in a major part of the staff. So, you know, I would have liked to have had a, a more veteran offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator and maybe even a former head coach. Just And, and not even for, from a football standpoint, because I, I, I talk about this all the time. People do not understand the enormity of this job. Fans don't understand that there's so much outside of football um, that you have to deal with. Uh, and, and obviously when you're doing it for the first time, you're sort of learning uh, on the fly, learning as you go, and it's nice to have a sounding board. And that's why in the past when, when people have hired young coaches, they've generally had that sounding board. I don't see that here, uh, and it's pretty evident because the major spots are filled. It's probably not going to be here. What's the thought process behind that? Just try, you know, pure speculation, of course, from us. But if you know it, if I know it, if that's always been the case for the most part, Howie and Jeffrey Lurie have to know it. So what made them decide, you know what, let's just go young all around. Uh, what's the pros and cons for this situation? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, uh, Jeffrey did call it a transition period. Maybe he understands there's going to be some growing pains, and, and maybe he doesn't have a problem with it. Um, that would be a shift uh, in his philosophy. Uh, but maybe, uh, I, you know, it's pretty evident that he does understand um, there were some issues with with. Uh, how they went about getting assistant coaches. Uh, and they seem to have shifted directions uh, and given the head coach uh, uh, more responsibility in that regard. So um, that's a positive. Um, you know, whether the head coach makes the right decisions, we'll have to see. And that, you know, experience is part of it. Uh, but these are guys you trust. And I talked about trust a lot with Doug Peterson. That was one of the problems uh, with the assistant coaches. They kept getting rid of guys he trusted. So, you know, maybe it took this divorce for the Eagles to understand it's probably better if the head coach has people he trusts around him than people. And, and not even necessarily that he doesn't trust or that he looks – um, sideways at and just that he doesn't know and doesn't have that relationship with. So maybe they've learned from that, and and that's a good thing. You mentioned, um, you know, no hire is for one individual, whether that's Jalen Hurts, whether that's Carson Wentz, 
uh, it doesn't matter. That's that's not how this process works. So I ask you, why these guys, and how are they going to be expected to manage this quarterback situation? How do they mend this um, relationship that Carson Wentz has with the team, which isn't a great one at the moment? Well, in, in theory, I, I mean, you hope he doesn't have a relationship with these guys, and you hope you, you sort of reset everything and hit control all delete me. He, he comes in with an open mind, and we'll see how it works out. Um, and, and, you know, if he has issues with Jeffrey Lurie, which I would find, you know, very difficult to believe, to be honest, because Jeffrey's always been in Carson's corner. Um, so I, I don't know if, if that would be insurmountable. A lot of it is I, I just think he's got such a, a bad taste in his mouth for how things went last year, he probably would like a, 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 a new start somewhere else. Just, you know, uh, just, just from a, a, a cleansing standpoint, just to get out of the, uh, the toxic way he was, he thinks he was treated. But once you eliminate uh, the people he was angry at, um, there's no reason to be angry at Nick Sirianni. I, I mean, there's no angry. Uh, there's no reason to be angry about guys you don't know and guys you haven't met. So we'll see how all of that shakes out. But you know, anytime you, my my point with you don't hire coaches for one player, you, you expect uh, your hope is that you know Nick Sirianni is going to be around for a while. Now, if you if if, if the best-case scenario happens and you win a Super Bowl, you do understand you're going to lose high-profile assistance. That happens all the time. Um, so maybe you don't have the same you know, hope that a guy's going to be around for a decade like the head coach, but you do expect your coaching staff to be around for a while. And, you know, in, in those scenarios, they're going to outlast players. Uh, if everything works out well. So anybody who says, oh, they're bringing in Johnson to, to because he's got a relationship with Jalen Hurts, I mean, come on. Why? I mean, because he recruited him? Oh, first of all, he didn't even get him. Second of all, you know, Jalen Hurts was recruited by a lot of people. He was a four-star recruit at Alabama for, you know what, I mean, Guess what? There's a lot of teams recruiting them. Uh, that's how college football works. So, you know, and, and it's been years and years and years since then. And, and um, you know, he's been with different quarterbacks and, and, and vice versa. Jalen Hurts has been with different coaches. Uh, you know, he's going to come in, and if they're both here, uh, he's going to have to make a, a assessments on um, – the players themselves, not because he recruited Jalen Hurts when he was going to Alabama. I mean, it's silly to me. What's going to change uh, strictly from a, a scheme uh, standpoint? So how will the offense look? How much different will it look, if at all? And let's just assume Carson Wentz is the starter. What do you think Jalen's role is going to be, the same, more, or less? Uh, Less, I I, I do think this 
you know, I, I talked about learning a lesson with the Kurt coaching staff. I think this organization as a whole also learned a lesson about this nonsense about two quarterbacks. You don't want two quarterbacks. Um, you want to take a starter uh, and have a backup, and that's it. And I think ultimately um, that's what the Eagles do, um, and um, I think that's what they should do. Uh, as far as the offense changing, I, I, I We'll say, I mean, everybody's a little bit different. Um, you know, you sort of have versions, but if you're going to be honest with yourself, I mean, Frank uh, Wright ran basically the same offense. I was told down to the terminology uh, that the Eagles ran. A little bit different. They didn't use as much 12, obviously, because even though they have really good tight ends, they don't have, you know, Sackers, Dallas Goddard, so, and they had better receivers, so. I was told you if the Eagles had better receivers, they'd play more 11. They just have terrible receivers. Um, so there's going to be little tweaks like that, depending on personnel. But the offense that Nick learned from Frank and, and, and you know, is Doug's offense, uh, who he learned from Andy. And there's going to be certain tweaks, as I mentioned. Um, I think they certainly want to do some different things. They'll have new eyes. They'll look at players differently. You know, maybe, um, you know, people have always talked about Miles Sanders and using him as a receiver. Well, you know, they'll probably think about that more, but they haven't seen Miles. And I, I said, a lot of this comes down to players, Ryan. I, you know, people talk about Carson fixing Carson Wentz. He's going to fix himself. They talk about Miles Sanders being a receiver. Well, guess what? Learn how to run some routes. Uh, learn how to be in the right positions, and you'll get used more as a receiver. Um, it, it, it's more those types of things. But I will say also, if you want to criticize the old uh, coaching staff, I think where you would start is player development. Because I think, you know, people look at the draft and they want to say, insert name, Justin Jefferson's better than Jalen Rager. And it's always going to be that way. Well, maybe it is always going to be that way. But I think the assumption is, well, the Eagles are dumb. And if you switch Justin Jefferson and put him here, and you put Rager in Minnesota, you're going to have similar results. Player development is a real thing. Coaching is a real thing. It doesn't stop when you get drafted. It just starts. And guys get better or, or they get worse dependent on on where they are, the schemes they're in, the coaching they get. And, and that's the far more important stuff than scheme. People get so caught up in scheme. Every single coach I've ever met, and I'll tell you this, every single coach, it's about execution. If you're hiring a scheme – you're doing it wrong. Talking with John McMullen. Uh, follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. Uh, I asked you about Jalen's role, Jalen Hurts, assuming Carson Wentz is the starter. Well, I want to ask a, a little two-part question here then. Is he being considered at all as the starting quarterback? And the second part of this question is, how should they handle Jalen Hurts? Everyone's talking about 
uh, the right guys to, to fix Carson Wentz, to manage and coach Carson Wentz. And, you know, it, it's like one child is struggling and you focus so much on him, you forget about the other sibling there. So, like, how should this coaching staff manage Jalen Hurts as well as Carson Wentz? Well, I, I think the conventional uh, thought is you don't have – uh, as much to worry about because of where Jalen is in his career uh, as, you know, he'll be a second year player as a second round pick. You know, he wasn't the second pick in the draft. So he kind of understood um, where he came into this league and, and you have to uh, work yourself into a starting spot. And then you have just the personality differences um, and, and Jalen tends to be a, a, a quiet guy, a hard worker naturally, um, a guy who's going to uh, accept coaching. You know, we've heard that word stubborn with Carson time and time again. Uh, so, uh, you know, you talk about kids, if you want to compare it to children, you know, maybe have the rambunctious one and the one that's just kind of quiet and goes about his business. Uh, and I think the latter is, is Jalen Hurts. So, I don't think they have that concern, um, number one. As for how they handle this, I mean, look, they just got their quarterback coach today. I mean, this is literally brand new. Yeah. Um, brand new head coach, brand new offensive coordinator, brand new passing game coordinator who never worked uh, with these quarterbacks uh, unless you want to go back to um, uh, when Jalen Hurts was four years old or whatever. Uh, but – you get my point. I, I mean, they don't have a plan yet. I, I do find it interesting that before they hired Nick, they had not contacted Jalen Hurts. Um, hmm. So it kind of told A, they have their mind on different things. Uh, B, this is not the time of year. You can't have meetings with players. I mean, that's collectively bargained. But, you know, you tend to stay in touch with phone calls with the quarterback and things like that. Um but they had a lot on their plate. So this is all going to be um, uh, a work in progress. But I do think ultimately it's going to be really difficult for the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz. We, we talked about this a lot. Um, so I, I think their first default um, position is let's see if we can fix things with Carson Wentz. And if that doesn't work, uh, we have a safety net in, in Jalen Hurts. Ultimately, I, I think that's the way uh, they're going to look at it, but, but we'll see. I, I mean, things change quickly in this league. Uh, the problem for the Eagles is they change quickly at the quarterback position. Now, it, it's still pine sky to think Sean Watson is going anywhere or Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere, but if those two try to force their way out and they're really, really difficult about it, all of a sudden – they become the gems of the offseason. And and even if they don't, as I said, you still got Matthew Stafford now, who's way more valuable than Carson Wentz. And, and then you don't even talk about the guys in the draft. And uh, certainly at the top of the draft, we all know Jacksonville. Uh, and then you have Zach Wilson, who's going to go probably, if he doesn't go two, somebody's going to trade up and get him at three. So, uh, you know, Carson Wentz is not as uh, desirable as probably Eagles fans uh, think he is. When I ask you about how the Eagles should handle 
Jalen Hurts. Like, I, I agree with everything you said. It's, I mean, there's not much to agree on. I think it's just fact. He, he's a second-round pick. Um, he has a great mentality and mindset already. He's a hard worker. He's coachable. But even just from the Eagles' standpoint, it's a little bit of a muddy situation, uh, breaking news there. But you did play this guy for four games, and he he showed some serious promise, at least in my mind. So it's like, all right, if we just go back to the thought process of he's a second-round pick, we'll get to you when we get to you, you could be missing out on an opportunity to develop him um, not, not saying you should focus on that, but it's just like a tricky situation. That's what I'm trying to uh, well, get yeah, to. I, well, I agree. They yeah. should have never drafted him. We've talked about <laughs> right. that. It's, it's, it's just, it, you know, and, and you can kind of look at it two ways now. I mean, you could argue that Carson Wentz doesn't have the, the historic fall from grace if, if, um, that's not on his mind, and he thinks the organization is not being disloyal to him, whatever, however you want to spin it. Or you can say, wow, it's nice to have a safety net because this guy uh, fell in the crapper, so to speak. So uh, I guess you can look at it either way, uh, but I do think this nonsense of two quarterbacks, as I said, I think the Eagles realize that's not uh, that's not something you want to do going down the road. But and in a lot of ways, those last four games, I think they're kind of a race now because you 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 did change the coaching staff, um, and these guys, uh, um, you know, they'll look at the film. Obviously, they'll evaluate the tape, but uh, they didn't have Jalen Hurts, so they're starting from scratch, and they're going to see things the way they see things, and. Um, look, I, I mean, it was reported in, in a lot of places that, you know, Jeffrey asked every single candidate, what would you do uh, to sort of save or fix or right, get Carson Wentz going back in the right direction? So that tells you something. Uh, if he's asking the question, it's probably not because he's thinking that Carson Wentz isn't going to be here. John Eric Bieniemy on the outside looking in uh, once again. How surprised are you at that, if at all? Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I do think you know uh, Roger Goodell is secretly uh, clicking his heels that uh, Houston uh, did hire um, a minority candidate in David Culley. Um, so at least there's one uh, black hire in the cycle, uh, and we're back up to three African-American coaches in, um, you know, 32 teams. Uh, you know, what is that, 8 9% of a league that is 69% uh, African-American. So um, still not good, uh, but a lot better uh, if they hired, say, Josh McCown. Uh, the league would be taken uh, – pretty significant hit. So I do think they're happy uh, that David Culley got the job. Look, there's some things with Eric the enemy, some fair, some not. There were some uh, issues early in his career in Colorado, way back in Colorado. I, I don't, you know, people bring that up and I, I, I don't know, would that be brought up for a, a non-African American coach 
after this kind of time. I, I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, Ryan, I remember covering him in Minnesota as a running backs coach, uh, and people brought that up. And he was just a position coach. Uh, and, and then you have the he doesn't interview well um, trope. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I will say, and I've said this about Jeffrey Glory, and he finally got uh, some diversity in his coaching staff today. Um, a lot of these guys um, don't seriously consider minority candidates, and they can make all the excuses they want. They just don't. And uh, I understand why people uh, are upset by it. Uh, I, you know, I, they think they're hiring the best candidate. I, I fully believe Jeffrey Lurie believes that. Uh, but his record is what his record is. And, you know, you look at somebody like David Culley, who was here for, I don't know, 99 to 2012. I, I believe he's here the entire time um, as Andy's uh, receivers coach. Um, and, and late in his career, he was also given the title of, of senior offensive assistant or, or something of that nature. He's been the assistant head coach. He went with Andy to Kansas City. He's been the assistant head coach with John Harbaugh in in Baltimore. So he wasn't a high-profile guy uh, for whatever reason. But, um, boy, the, the league kind of lucked out that Houston went in that direction, to be honest. John McMullen joins me every night at 1030, at least for the next two nights, then 730 starting next monday john we're about to enter our end of the hour break so thank you my friend and we'll do it again tomorrow all right thank you ron yep thank you follow him on twitter at jf mcmullen good stuff there i'll react to that discussion when we come back jeff parles at eleven fifteen. keep it locked in